This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Verderam and Mark Carmen. Hello, everybody. What is going on? Welcome into Stacking the Box, March 29th, last show of March. We are less than a month away from the 2022 NFL Draft. Right now, the owners' meetings are going on down in Palm Beach. I am not there because in a few days... I'm uh, going to be adding another little one to the family, so that, that wasn't going to happen. But uh, we are here. We are ready to go. My last show for a few weeks. Carm, you'll be here holding down the fort. Um, but let's get into it. There is uh, there's a lot going on. But first of all, how, how are you, Carm? What's going on? Uh, well, Verim, I'm great. Good to see you. Congratulations. I like that you did not bury the lead, which is that uh, not so much that you're going to be a father for – uh third time you're 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 leaving the show for a couple weeks that's really the breaking news that we're gonna miss you uh i do have um a goal for you before you come back because if you could see yourself right now the right side of your face is beautiful it's lit up but the left side of your face it's 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 not as 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 beautifully right so so i want you to get a better light so we can see you in, in like a straight on don't you i mean everybody in the chat don't you want to see verderam lit up like just completely nobody, beautifully? nobody wants to see that no, i i do i do i really i i do i, I want to see all the verderam uh but no for seriously congrats man we're gonna miss you on the show but we know you'll uh do a great job uh stepping into early dad duties uh, which uh, seems significant, and then you'll you'll be back, and Ben Heisler is going to be here to hold down the fort. And a lot on the show today, Verderam. We're going to look at the draft. We're going to look at uh, specifically the quarterbacks, and we're starting with the wild AFC. Uh, how are you settling in now that uh, Tyreek is a Dolphin? I know you had a complete meltdown last week, but you feeling any better? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think, look, they, they have a big hole to fill, and they're going to have to figure that out. Now, my understanding is they're going to be you know, they're going to continue to try to, you know, fill a, a bunch of needs and obviously have now the, the cap, cap space and the picks, easy for me to say, to do that. But, yeah, it's going to be – look, the idea that, like, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is going to come in and replace Tyreek Hill is insane. That's not going to happen. Um, what about I think Juju? I think Juju, Juju, in terms of production, will probably replace more of what they lost. But – I've seen takes vary wildly from it doesn't matter at all, which is insane, to it it matters so much that they won't make the playoffs, which is equally insane. Like, you know what was weird? And I don't even necessarily agree with this, but it's just a fact. Their Super Bowl odds did not change after they traded him. At all. Like, at all. Did not shift. Nothing. They went from 9-1 to one to 9-1. to one. They're right behind Buffalo and Tampa. So, so – it, it moved a little bit on some of the markets as as, as we've gotten away from it, but like the movement was nine to one to ten to one. I mean, it was it, it ain't going far. No, I mean, so and look, why is that? Because they have Mahomes. That's why. Right. I That's mean, correct. so I think it's a pretty clear and clear thing with the Chiefs that they felt like if we move off Tyreek Hill, we can still be competitive. We can maybe even be more competitive down the line here with all these picks in this cap space. And I reported, and it's been reported elsewhere as well, that, that they're interested in Stephon Gilmore because they are. Um, you know, it's been widely reported that they'd like to trade for James Bradbury. Um, I think it's pretty obvious what they're going to do. They're going to try to fix his defense. And that is probably the right route. Now, they've got to be able to do it, right? Like, I've also seen the analytics crew, we all know how I feel about this, who are like, well, 
They won the trade because they got all these assets. Look, you didn't win shit because you didn't actually turn these assets into good players yet. Like, and I know there's this whole like process over results thing. Let me tell you something. This isn't this isn't sixth grade math class where if you show your work and get the wrong answer, you still get three quarters credit. Like, you need to be right. And if you're right, then you win the trade. If you're wrong, then you lose the trade. The, the Cowboys traded Herschel Walker for a boatload of picks in the late 80s, in 1989. Those picks turned into Russell Maryland and Emmett Smith and Darren Woodson and Kevin Smith. They won that trade going away. 2011, the Falcons got Julio Jones. They moved up 21 spots in the draft from, from 27 to 6. Cleveland went back. They got five picks. Those picks turned into Brandon Whedon and Greg Little and Owen Markasek and Phil Taylor. Did not win that trade. I don't care what assets they got out of it. So for the Chiefs, look, they've got to figure it out. But they have the cast space and the picks to do it. I think in the end, look, I still think they're a very good football team. I still think they're going to fight for their division title. I still think they could very much end up fighting for a Super Bowl berth. But they now have a lot of work to do that they didn't do or didn't need to do if they just had Tyreek Hill. If you look at the consensus Vegas odds right now, if you take all the gambling sites and you compile right, that all together, together. Yeah. yeah, the Bills are the favorite, yeah. followed closely by the Bucks, and the Chiefs are third. Uh, so, yep. you know, I mean, and then the Packers right behind him, and then uh, the defending Super Bowl champion, L.A. Rams, who I'm going to shout out uh, today on, on the show. So, look, the, to answer what you're saying, like, sure, yeah, okay, fine, you got to get the picks right, but do you trust Brett, Brett Veach? Well, yeah, sure. I mean, he's, okay. done a, he's done a great job. Right, right, no, and I get it, right, right. He's done a great job. Listen, I'll say this for Veach. I, I will give the man this. Whether or not this trade works out or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, he's going to get crushed for it. And I'm sure he understands that. Um, it took guts to do that. Because a lot of GMs, even if they felt it wasn't the right move, would have just signed him anyway. They would not have wanted to be the guy who traded him. They would have gone status quo. Like he he took a big gamble doing that. Now, again, if he doesn't get those picks right. Hey, you're you're gonna hear it, man. And you're gonna write and, and rightfully so you're gonna hear it. But if he nails a couple of those picks and they use that cap space wisely, and all of a sudden they're 15 and two, you know, either this year or next year, then yeah, then it worked out. But I agree with those odds, by the way. Buffalo should be the favorite. They're the best team. They're better than Kansas City right now. Now the draft may change that. We'll see. If the Chiefs go out and they trade for Bradbury, they get Gilmore. That changes the calculus for me to some extent. I don't know that I'd say Buffalo's not as good as Kansas City if that happens, but maybe that I have them on equal footing. Um, because I don't think there's a huge gap. However, Tampa Bay, I don't think it's as good as Kansas City or Buffalo, but they're they're the second best odds because that conference stinks. Like I, if you put the, if you put the Bucks in the AFC, I don't think they're ahead of Kansas City. It's interesting to me that you're that high on Gilmore. I mean, well, dude, dude's not healthy. I, I he's 32. He played eight games last year. He was he was barely on the field. You know, a little over half the time. I I, I, I don't. I think Bradbury would be the preferred move, although obviously I have to give up a pick or so to get him. He's 28. I think Bradbury's the better player at this point. I do, though, think Gilmore, and, and you're right, and it was exactly what I was going to say about him. Like, when healthy, he's still very good. The That's question true. becomes, is he healthy? You know, I agree with you, Carl. Like, that is the question. That is the elephant in the room. When he's healthy, like, I actually went back and watched some games with him in Carolina. He was really good. 
like when he was on the field, I'm not saying he was defensive player of the year good, but he was still like a number one corner type good. But yeah, he's been hurt. And the reality of it is you you have to hope that he's healthy. And that's why I do think Bradbury, again, it, it might cost a little more to get him because you're going to have to not only go a pick, you're probably going to extend him. Um, but, you know, Gilmore is is a better corner than anybody they have on their roster right now. And to your point, look, he has always been able to stay healthy for the most part until the end of 2020, okay, when he had the knee injury. Now, last year, he, he was placed on the pup list at the beginning of the year. He played he played nine games in Carolina. Um, and once he was traded from New England, which is at the beginning of the year, okay, he missed he missed the first seven games of the season, still recovering from that injury he had at the end of 2020. He then went out and he played and 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 he but he did not play a ton in Carolina. Like he I mean, here's the snap numbers for him. 17, 16, 13, those first three games back. Now, after that, he played 37, 43. Only twice did he play 65% of their snaps. So, and then he was inactive in week 16 and then er, in week 17, rather, game 16, and then didn't play the final week. So I still think he's a very good player, but he's got to stay healthy. I think Bradbury is the much better option, but will they, you know, will they give up a pick? Now they have 12. They have more picks than anybody in football than Jacksonville, but you know, can they strike a deal? Well, right. When, when that train starts going South, man, and you're for cornerbacks in their thirties and you've got injuries, uh, it's concerning, but what's the money? It's a risk. Right. Well, well, I mean, how much are you paying them? If it, if it's not, I mean, he's obviously sitting there waiting for some market to develop that has not developed yet. So maybe, maybe yep. he falls to Kansas city. It's the same thing with the, with Tyron Matthew. I mean, what he is hasn't his, been hurt, right? And and, and they're looking at a player who is not the same player. Still a good player, but nobody has been willing to step up and pay. And we'll get to him on the back end here too. But uh, right. I, listen, the one thing about the Hill trade um, that we haven't talked about, I mean the the pressure is on you, Tua. I mean, oh yeah. Yes. You now have uh you have you have people protecting you and you have an elite wide receiver and you have expectations are through the roof. And if you don't meet them, it's gonna be over. Which I, I and I I I'll go on record right now, stack in the box at uh eleven twelve AM on March the twenty ninth. Teddy Bridgewater, what do you think, Verderam? Week three, week six, week five uh, I I, I I see that happening in Miami. So, you know, it's funny. I'm with you. I am with you. I think by about middle of October, they're going to be like, yeah, you know what? He is still him. Like, I'm a big believer. Quarterbacks make receivers better or can make receivers better if they're if they're elite players. I don't think receivers on the whole make quarterbacks better. Now, now they do in the sense they can, you know, a guy like Hill obviously can get himself open more than a regular receiver. Okay, he can create more opportunities. So in that sense, yes. What I mean, though, is quarterbacks, like, like Mahomes, if Hill's open, regardless of where he is on the field, and Mahomes sees him, what? how many times does he complete the pass out of 100? 98. I mean, right, right. I was going to say 95. Like, if he sees him and that and he's open, that ball's there. Like, it's in his hands, in stride, keep it moving. 
in stride is a key thing right there. Go and ahead. I, and I know the Tua fans out there who are listening to this are going to be like, well, he's, look how accurate he is. He throws the ball three yards. Like, and if that's how you're going to use Tyreek Hill, then this trade was a disaster for Miami. Like, if your answer to, to trading for Tyreek Hill and giving him $120 million and $72 million guaranteed was we're going to throw bubble screens to him, I mean, what are we doing? You've got to use Tyreek Hill in a way that stretches the defense in every direction. And I'm curious, like, some of the reason that Hill was as great as he was. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. I think Hill's a, I think Hill's a Hall of Fame player, okay? And I think he would have been with a lot of teams. But one of the times that Hill is the most dangerous is when Mahomes would ad-lib. And Hill starts running around in a defense that now is broken down a little bit. I mean, you go back and look at some of their biggest plays with Tyreek Hill, that's when it happens. The fourth and nine against Baltimore, Mahomes' first year as a starter. Wasp in the Super Bowl, which you'd say, well, that wasn't a breakdown. Mahomes took a 12-step drop on that play. Like there, I mean, there are legions of examples. Now, not every time, right? I mean, the big touchdown against Buffalo in the playoffs was, was just a, a regular drop and throw. But a lot of times with him, it is based off of these scramble drills. Now, also, it's also based off the fact that Mahomes has a cannon for an arm and can just get the ball down the field in a, in a blink of an eye. He should make Tua somewhat better. But if Tua still has this inability to stretch the field, I don't know that that's that having Hill is going to just massively change that. Like, I think Hill's acquisition should help Tua. But if Tua is just a guy, if that's what it turns out to be, then I don't know that all of a sudden you're going to see Tua jump up and be a guy who's throwing for 4,400 yards and 30 touchdowns. Like I just don't see that happen. Like if if Tyreek Hill went to the Giants, does Daniel Jones become great all of a sudden? I mean, they went out and got Galladay last year, and they have and, and the Giants have Slayton, and and they have Shepard, and they in theory have Saquon Barkley when he's healthy, and it it didn't matter. He still stunk. Like, I mean, in the end, like, none of it mattered. Now, I don't know. Maybe maybe two approves that we're just not giving him enough credit. But I'm kind of with you, Carm. Well, who's who's a better quarterback, Trubisky or, or Teddy Bridgewater? Bridgewater. Right. It's no question, right? Well, Trubisky got paid more money. Uh, and and that's, we can't base it all he's on younger. the – Right, because he's younger. and But I also think part of it is it, – it, like, I think Teddy's strategizing. I, I will take your six and a half million. But look, I think that I'm better than this dude. I'm going to get on the field. Well, <laughs> you know, it was interesting. Carm, was it not uh, Bridgewater's presser? I didn't, I didn't see it. Uh, you have to fill me in on that part. He went there. And he, he was, I'm paraphrasing. He was essentially asked, you know, are you going there just to strictly back up to? And he was like, I, I don't know that we, we talked about it like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Okay. He was very like right. saying it without saying it that like we'll see. You know, may, maybe, maybe not. Like, that, I mean, that, you also that. have to factor this in. Now, Chris Greer is the GM who drafted Tua, and he remains there. Okay. Mike McDaniel has no tie to Tua, none. Right. And that's a real thing in the NFL. Like, I, I that's why. And I'll, I'm not trying to tie this to the Giants. It just so happens that it's come up. Like, Daniel Jones, Mara's got this thing, John Mara, their owner, has this thing about that they've got to somehow, like, show Daniel Jones is good and, and suppose, you know, and, 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 and we've got to prove it. That's fine until if they start 0-3, right? Then Brian Dable is going to go, I, I don't care about Daniel Jones. I have Tyrod Taylor behind him who I think is better. 
Like, I'm not playing Daniel Jones and going 4-13 and because you can't throw a pass. And and Joe Shane, who's their new GM, who's from Buffalo, also is familiar with Tyrod Taylor from his days as a Bill, is going to say the same damn thing. And if you're Maverick, what are you going to do when they're losing games and he's completing 56% of his passes with three touchdowns and five picks? Like, I, I do believe that in Miami, if you're McDaniel, you want to win. This isn't the NFL that you grew up with, Carm, even that I grew up with, where if you got hired as a coach, you got a minimum of three years. A minimum. You That does not exist anymore. You have a minimum of two years. Some cases, one year. And so, you know, I, I listen. I mean, if you're McDaniel, I know if it's me, I'm sitting there thinking, they just fired Brian Flores after two winning seasons. Like, I'm yeah. not waiting around to try to win football games on South Beach. No, but well, it's also like, what are my options? Oh, I've got this veteran quarterback sitting here who's very good at putting the ball on people, and I have some talented receivers that would probably love playing with him. They're not going to come into my office and say it to me, or maybe they will. Maybe they will. Um, you know, again, rewinding back, maybe two will be great. I hope he is. Two is a very likable guy. He is. He had a tremendous reputation in Alabama for being friends with literally everyone in the entire uh, athletic yeah. office. I'm rooting for Tua. Go out, go out and do it. Uh, but uh, let's be real. By the, and people are betting him up for the record. His his MVP odds went from 150, uh, which you know t- people taking a flyer for God bless you, down to 40 to one. Which is I, not- will, I will eat my computer if he wins MVP. <laughs> okay, I will eat my computer. He's not winning MVP of his own team. But I, look, I, and by the way, I'm with you, Carm. I have nothing against Tua. I've, t- I spoke to him once at the combine when he was a rookie. Very nice kid. None of this stuff is personal. It's just a reality. Like I, the one thing that I, I'm proud of that we do on the show is I feel like we are honest. Whereas you, you, know, you turn on some of these these networks and it's like they're so terrified to criticize anybody, partially because they're partners with them, and partially because they feel like the agent's going to call up and go nuts. Look, if Tua turns out to be good, fantastic. I don't care one way or the other. No, my business to care if he's good or not. It's my business to tell you what I think. What I think is two years in, I think I think a couple things are true of him, to be totally transparent and fair with him. He has not had a good offensive line. They have been horrendous in front of him. Because they've been horrendous in front of him, the offensive scheme has basically been to get the ball out of your hands as fast as humanly possible. Maybe with a better offensive line, they brought in Teron Armstead, who's hurt a lot, but when he's held, he's really good. And Connor Williams at guard, maybe they are better up front and it affords him more time to throw the ball, and things go well. However, through two years, with the other fact in mind, he has been a guy. He has not been particularly good. He's not averaging a lot of yards per attempt. He is not – yes, he's accurate, but he does not inspire a lot of confidence when you watch him. So now that can change. Drew Brees was not good his first few years with, with San Diego and ended up being a Hall of Fame quarterback. Like Maybe Tua has that in him. But if you're asking me what's more likely, he becomes a fantastic player with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, or he's just a guy who next year with two first-round picks they're looking to replace, I would say the latter is more likely than the former. The Armstead thing, real quick, we can move on. But they paid him – his average per year is 12th uh, per left – Yeah, 12th, 12th per left tackle. Yep. Well, I mean, unless they got it what wrong. Is it, uh, isn't his contract five and eighty? Five and seventy-five. 
it can, be, it can be work up to 87. The base value of 15 million per year ranks him 12th among left tackles in per year average. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying he was getting paid 12 a year. I'm like, no, that's no, not no, 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 no. He's, it's he's, 15. he's the 12th highest paid offensive tackle. Yeah. Now, yeah. granted, what you just said, he's 31. But like, dude, that's guy's not. Uh, I mean, you talk to anybody in the NFL, they're they're not going to say he's number 12 as far as left tackles no. goes. No. So, so they so they actually got value in, which is rare in free agency. He is a top five tackle when he's healthy, okay? And you're right. He's 31 years old, but he's a very good player. He's been at the Saints his whole career. Here's the problem with Teron Armstead at times, okay? Here are the amount of games he's played in his career. Six, 14, 13, 7, 10, 10, 15, 14, 8. So he has played 14 games or more three times in a nine-year career. It's a problem. That's the problem. And he's getting older. So, I mean, that's why he got paid as the 12th highest tackle because he's hurt all the time. Now, that said, when he's healthy, fantastic player. Fantastic player. Pro Bowl-level player. Um, Taking big swings down in Miami. They are. Big big swings. But, But, you know, I mean – like we look, we'll we'll wrap it with this. Do you think they're a playoff team in the AFC? Oh, okay. I'd have to go through it again. Do I think they're? I mean, that we're talking about a. They're they certainly not. They're seven not, team in the conference. Yeah, I understand. Uh, I don't know if they're a playoff team or not, but they're 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 certainly not anywhere close to the top half of the playoff teams. Like, sure, maybe they'll sneak in. So that's. If I'm a Dolphins fan, I, I I guess I'm. That's where they've been. I don't I don't just because of everything that's happened. I mean, look at what the Chargers have done with their defense. What are what are the the Chiefs aren't going anywhere? Look at the Bills. I mean, where where are they? Uh, I I. But again, you have to try and compete. So and, and uh, so I, I I would say they. Also, I would bet on the Dolphins getting in. I if I had to bet right now. Okay, so for me. Look, and I, and by the way, I'm with you. Like, I have no beef with them going out and making the Tyreek Hill trade or the Toronto Armstead signing. Like, you have to get better. You have to get better. They got better. Um, but they're not a playoff team. I mean, Buffalo is significantly better than them. Uh, Baltimore, if healthy, is significantly better than them. Um, would you say Cincinnati is significantly better? Bengals have done a ton on their offensive line. I think the answer to that is yes. So do I. Chiefs significantly better. Yes, I would say that too. Chargers. Chargers have done a ton to upgrade too on their defense. Yes. Denver. Now that one's interesting. That uh, is interesting, but that's why I bring them up. Yeah, I, I, I am. Uh, well, Andy Dalton to the Saints. Okay, thank you, Lucas. Appreciate you. I'm so, Lucas is like our breaking news guy. He is. He's the he, uh, he's the chef of this group here. He. Yeah. Uh, and Dalton the Saints, he'll back up. He'll back up Jameis Winston and/or be there if uh, if 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 Winston can't start because of torn ACL. That's a good I, signing for the Saints. I like that. Although I'll tell you what, not saying a whole hell of a lot for Taysom Hill. Andy Dalton, man, he's he's gonna he's like the uh, he's the the higher functioning. Uh, who am I thinking of? Chase Daniels. Um, he's like he he's he's like a an elite. Um, Level, I just could just gonna keep moving around. That's that's totally unfair uh, to Chase Daniel. I'm so, uh, and to Andy Dalton actually. Sorry, buddy. Uh, you you were you were uh, at least a capable 
quarterback with the Bengals. Good, yeah. good for Dalton. I'll, I'll always remember. You know, his anyway, back this real quick. So, like, I'll, I'll we'll take, go. I'll take the, I'll take the Broncos over the Dolphins. I okay, guess. So, would you take, would you take Indianapolis over Miami? Can they squeeze another year out of Matt Ryan? I, I think, I think you probably take the Colts. I'm arguing against myself now. Would you take Tennessee? I think you gotta take the Titans too. Yep. Yeah. Would you take Cleveland? Yeah. I think I'd take the Browns too. Yeah. Good luck, Miami. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna be tough. Good it's luck. Gonna be, it's gonna it's be all on Tua. If the Tua steps up big time, then maybe. But if Tua has one of these years where it's like 3,800 yards and 20 touchdowns, yeah, they're going home. Well, and also with the Browns, I mean, what's what what what, what NFL? What are you gonna do with with Deshaun? That's you a try- huge, huge question. I mean, are you going to, because it's so offensive to so many people, $230 million guaranteed, are you going to come down with a harsher penalty to try to even that out? I think that's on the table. Look, you know you know at the NFL that he has no criminal complaints against him. They've all been dismissed by grand juries in two different settings. There's 22 civil suits pending. You know damn well the NFL is all about its optics. They, you think the NFL wants him running out there week one, two hundred thirty million dollar contract in hand? I, I don't. I mean, I, I'm not sitting here telling you I have any inside information. But do I expect him to be suspended? Yeah, I do. I, I, I think he's going to get eight games. I think I think he might get a lot more than that. I mean, what's a lot Keep more? in mind, he was not suspended last year. Ten. We're how high are you going up here? 12? 12. That would be so and I, and I don't know. I'm just looking at I mean, that. It's I all they, dark wrong with this stuff, but I mean. Maybe nine. And I, oh, I, just I, over half the season. Which, by the way, if he's suspended for nine games, they're done. So, I mean, that that's one year. You can't, it's, it ain't going to be two. Let's put it that way. No, it is not. And What's uh, the minimum you think he gets? Six? I'd say six is the minimum. Five. I'll go with five. Let's okay. let's throw five out there. And I see Gonzo saying, what's the upside for Cleveland and Miami with these trades? Really, I don't see him winning a Super Bowl. I mean, look, Gonzo, I'm kind of with you. Like, you have to try and get better. Nah, you have to get better. There's there's huge upside for the Browns. You let's have not, to let's get not better. Yourself. I'll say this, though, for Cleveland, man. That contract is so big. With, so much, with all of it being guaranteed, like, they're going to be hard-pressed to improve that roster because they also traded every pick they have the next three years, essentially. Like, they're going to be hard up to improve that team. And here's the question I have. Like, if you're the Browns right now, like assuming, let's just say Watson in a, in a fairy tale world for him plays every game. They're still not a Super Bowl contender. I mean, at least in my eyes, they're not. I mean, who's your best weapon? Amari Cooper and then what? Higgins and Donovan Peoples-Jones and David Njoku? You're, I'm sorry, that team, that, they're not Buffalo. They're not even close. They're not Kansas City, even without Hill. They're so like, they, yeah, go ahead. Are, are they, I mean, are they, are they, I think, maybe I'm wrong. I'll admit I think it's close. I think they're the third best team in their own division. Yeah, we, we went through this last week and I was trying to make an argument for Cleveland. I didn't, I felt wobbly about it. Uh, and more wobbly now when you really look at what the Bengals have done. I mean, Cincinnati's, you know, they, 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 they reworked their whole damn offensive line. So uh, Baltimore is so hurt last year, right? So healthier. it's it's I mean it's a it's that is one hell of a division, really. Uh, and, and if you throw in, I mean, if we're just talking about this year, well, you're going to have the suspension. Uh, however, listen, 
the Browns went out and got it, it, as disgusting as the whole thing is. They went out and got an elite quarterback who's in his prime. So I, I'm not gonna. Uh, if we're just talking football, not gonna fault them for that thinking, even though they had to give up a ton to get him. I mean, and like people are looking at Seattle right now. They said they wouldn't do what they would do, what they did. They just jumped off and like I don't know. You're gonna go get Baker? What are you doing? So at the end of the day, when you have your quarterback, you're you're in. It's just how we started the show. The Chiefs still have Patrick freaking Mahomes. The the Packers still have Aaron freaking Rodgers. Like you could figure out the rest. That's what the that's how the Browns are looking at it, and they're also looking at it like NFL fans don't care about anything. And if he start if he comes in here and starts winning games, which then that they're the, right. Which they're right. They're right. Uh, then then the conversation will be like, sweet, we've got Deshaun Watson. So, I agree. I I, <clears throat> I agree. I will say this though: I do not think he's in the same class as those other guys. I think he's an excellent player, but like he's throwing he some went, of the, the last time we saw him, they won four games, man. Like, and I know Houston stinks. I get it. You think Aaron Rodgers is winning four games anywhere? You put Aaron yeah. Rodgers on Houston right now. That team's winning seven, eight games. I'm, That's I'm fine. Serious. That's fine. He's not. He's not Aaron Rodgers. I agree. But like, but okay. he is a very good player. I'm not saying. Listen, I from a football perspective, I get it. All I'm driving yeah. at is I understand where Gonzo's coming from. Like Cleveland and Miami, you can make all these trades. You can tie up all this cap space. Like. I, I understand why. Like, I get it. I guess my point is I understand those trades, but I don't I don't think it makes either one of those teams a real true contender. I don't. I, I don't think it, I don't think it changes the AFC. I think the Von Miller signing changes the calculus at the top of the AFC more than either one of those moves. Like, because he could get them over the hump. Losing Tyreek Hill is a bigger game changer for the Chiefs potentially than it is for Miami. Like that is that's where I I see it, but you know it's going to be fascinating. The AFC is going to come down to who's healthy and who's hot. That's it. That's who's going to that's going to determine that conference. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on UnderdogFantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win twenty times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. All right, good convo, team. Let's, uh, let's bring in our guy, managing editor, Ben Heisler, fan-sided, bet-sided, excuse me, bet-sided first, a proud partnership with fan-sided, fansided.com forward slash bet-sided. Benny, we want to talk win totals, buddy. Good to see you, by the way. Always a pleasure. How are you guys? We are we are excellent. We're talking MVPs. We're talking uh, people betting up to uh, uh How much did the Dolphins' uh, win total change, by the way, Ben? Maybe a win, win and a half or two. I, they're kind of all over the place. Like if we're referring to a, a win bet right now, they've been on the board. They've been off the board. Uh, so, so nothing super definitive as of now. As far as the AFC East goes, I, I think it's still intriguing that they're all the way down at plus 475. They're still in third place. The Patriots ahead of them, Buffalo ahead of them. And the big conversation that we were having at bedsided was whether or not the Dolphins are, are a playoff team because of how insane, and you guys might have touched on this before I hopped on, like to me, I think trying to find the value here is not necessarily on the win total for Miami. 
but but whether or not they're a playoff team, if it's yes or no to to make it to the postseason, uh, based on where they're where they are right now in their own division, all the way at third, like oddsmakers do not believe that Miami's getting in this year, and if they do, somebody else who's right near the top has to fall. And with the AFC West as stacked as they are, I, I'm not sure where you're going to find that team that comes in, like. Is it going to be a two-team race in the AFC South? Like, are, are we looking at the Titans as a possible regression candidate? Possibly the Bengals having to regress a little bit next year. Does Cleveland definitively take the lead? They're plus 165. They're the division favorite in the North right now. Baltimore could make a run as well. Like, I, I just don't know where you squeeze in Miami at this point to feel like they are a legitimate team to make the postseason. Hey, if By you the take, way, you go ahead, um, a little breaking news here, though, so you know, here on Twitter. The overtime rules in the regular season will stay the same. In the playoffs, each team will get the football. And if it's oh, tied uh, after that, the game goes on. Why wouldn't you just do that in the regular season, too, if you're going to make that change? I don't know, but they're not. NFL regular season, overtime rules will remain the same. In the playoffs, and I'm still looking for like all the details on it, but from what I'm gathering here from people who would obviously know, like Schefter and whatnot, um, you will continue to play. If you are tied, if it's a touchdown and a touchdown, if you're going for it, you keep going. So very interesting. Is the NFL making a change after the famous Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes duel? And I saw <laughs> I saw Ian Rapport accurately tweet out that if this were in a play last year, Josh Allen would have gotten a chance. And I've already seen about a thousand salty Chiefs fans reply, <laughs> Well, if it was 2019, Ian, Patrick Mahomes would have gotten a chance. <laughs> Where we are, but the rules are changing. The rules are changing for the NFL. Did it say, say anything about going for two? I'm looking. I have not seen that. Um, okay. The, the, I remember when when this initial conversation really took place. Like there was somebody brought up the argument. We might have even debated it here that if a team scored a touchdown, then the other team would get the ball back, but then they'd have they they wouldn't have a chance to tie. Like you have to go for two to win the game on that play. Or it was something related to like, if you get it on the coin toss, like somebody else has to respond so that you do get a second chance, but you don't just get an opportunity to tie it. So that might change your definitive answer as to how you choose whether you want to receive or not. It made the process of basically saying, we don't necessarily have to receive that much of an easy call anymore. And so I, to your point, Carb, like that, that to me would be more interesting as was just giving another team a chance to respond and tie it. Cause then you're right. Then the game goes on, make something about a definitive where you get an equal opportunity. But if the other team goes and marches down the field, when they get first possession, make the other team go for two to have to end the game. If they score to me, I think that'd be more interesting. And I, and I well, see Jay Ward saying Josh Allen gets his way, but screw the chiefs per usual. Shake my head. Now Jay Ward, I, I disagree. This has nothing to do with the chiefs. Like, not everything's about the Chiefs. This is okay. about the, that this, game. That game was an instant classic, and people walked away from it feeling like, man, we would have loved to have seen Josh Allen. And I think, yes, in 2019, that was true of Mahomes and Brady. But I'll be honest, that game was not as good as the Chiefs-Bills game. That Chiefs-Bills game is one of the greatest games of all time. And I think that's kind of what changed it was just those games happening within a few years of each other. It just so happened the Chiefs lost on 1-1, but I don't think that – I mean – Look, the Chiefs lost the following week in overtime, and the rules change wouldn't have mattered because the Chiefs threw a pick and found themselves on the losing end. Like, 
I don't I don't think it has anything to do with the Chiefs. Um, yeah, but, you know, it, has, and, it has everything to do with making the games more interesting. That's what they're doing. Listen, uh, uh, it's good for the Chiefs. This rule you you don't want you want Patrick Mahomes to have a shot, and now he's going it's to good get for a good shot. quarterbacks. Right, that's so what it's it, good for. If you're a defensive team, you're like, no, I don't want that. Right, you, <laughs> Kansas City wants this rule. So so does Buffalo. So does uh, we we can so does so does so does Green Bay. We can go down the list. Uh, Luke is saying that it should be sudden death. I like it from a, a strategic standpoint, Ben. What you're talking about, hey, maybe the first time you you go down in OT, you decide to go for two because you think you're going to be able to get it. Uh, versus you you think that if you gave up a touchdown, then whatever you you want to put them in that position. That's I mean, you, there, there's ways you could go. You you could strategize it if you wanted to. Um, and be a little bit more aggressive now that I guess it's unlikely the teams would do that, but maybe Brandon Staley's got the, the uh, formula that it, that it makes sense to go for two on the first time you score in overtime like that, you know, that, that math always seems to be at least evolving slash changing. Uh, what, any wind tolls that stand out to you, Ben, that, that are interesting, you seeing any value? I, I saw the bears come out with seven and a half and I kind of laughed at that one. You taking the Way. under? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's – I don't think the Bears are a, a four-win team. They might be. But you, can, consider your losses right now. Even if, if Fields takes a step in the right direction, that cupboard on, on both sides of the ball is very, very it's, – it's, there's nothing there. You got Montgomery and you got a few offensive linemen – um, you know, they struck out with the guy from Buffalo, I think Bates, right? Ryan Bates, that, yeah. yeah. Ryan Bates was the guy, yeah, another, another, another Ryan that they're bringing into the mix in Chicago. Um, it just feels high. I know the schedule eases up. I think they play the, the East, both in the AFC and the NFC, but that felt like a fairly high number. And honestly, if they got to eight or nine wins, that would be probably an overachieving season. It, it really doesn't matter what they do. You guys know this. The, the goal in 2022 should be determining whether or not Fields is a real-ass quarterback. If you do that, then you can focus on 2023 when you get a bunch of cap space back from the Khalil Mack deal and actually try to figure out what that rest of the window between years three and five for Fields is going to look like. So I saw that number at seven and a half. The fuse books are, are popping up lines every so often. We're still waiting for them over at WinBet. Uh, but that one in particular, I was like, nah, that, that feels a little too optimistic for my liking. If you want more Carm content, and why wouldn't you? Uh, Mondays at 5, we're doing uh, the Windy City Chicago Bears podcast. And so I, we, we talked fields yesterday. And I'm looking back on it, and maybe in the moment I was just like looking at each play and remembering like, oh, he looks great there. But, I mean, Justin Fields was 2-8 and eight last year as a starter. He had a completion percentage under 60%. He threw seven touchdown passes. He threw 10 interceptions. Uh, Verum, I don't know where you come out on guys making a huge leap in, in year two going from one coach to another. Uh, but, I mean, it's a big ask that you're going to, hey, be great this year with Darnell Mooney as your number one wide receiver. Uh, we're still reworking everything else, including the defense and the offensive line. Like you're, you're the Bears in essence are wasting the rookie contract of Justin Fields right now. You can't even expect anything from him in year two. I mean, I like Justin Fields, but they are not exactly setting him up for success. <laughs> they they stink. I would take them under easily. Um, I'm looking at the the DraftKings, which put out these odds. Okay, they're the first team to put out the uh, the win totals. 
I mean, I'm looking around like the Colts at nine and a half. I'm not even the biggest Colts guy in the world. I would take the Colts over. The Colts went nine and eight with Carson Wentz last year. Tennessee's the only team in that division we're talking about. I would I would take the over there. They do have, you know, I mean, they do play the AFC West, which doesn't help, but like I'd still take the over. What's the win total on Buffalo? Eleven and a half is the highest one. Buffalo and, Buffalo and Tampa each 11 and a half. By the way, I would take the over as well in Tampa. Like, they're 6-0 in that division. Have you seen that division? They're 6-0. So you're basically asking me if they can go 6-4 and what, four the rest of the way, 6-5 and five the rest of the way. Yeah, I think they go 6-5 and five the rest of the way. That division is a tire fire. Give me the over it, on that. Um, won 13 but, last year. Yeah, I mean the Bills eleven and a half, Buccaneers eleven and a half, Kansas City's eleven, and over at uh, DraftKings.com they have some predictions of what they think. The Chiefs are like one of the four bets that they make, their best bets, and they have them under eleven wins. Um, I'll I'll leave the Chiefs alone on eleven. I think eleven is about right, so I'm not going to touch that. Um, what do they have for the Packers? Eleven. Interesting. Those are the four teams at eleven or eleven and a half. Those talking four. about a division that's a tire fire. Uh. Yeah, I would take the overall day with them. Um, I'll tell who's, you, who's Rogers going to throw to me though? Not, not that it matters because he'll find a way. But who the hell is he throwing to next year? Right. Well, that's kind of the argument though. Like, if you're like people are bagging on the Chiefs, like they lost Tyree Kill, and it's like the Chiefs have guys you can still throw the football to. I'm with you on that. But it's the same reason I believe in the Chiefs to still be a very good team next year as I believe in the Packers quarterback. They will just win twelve. Like, like if you said, look, I I would not touch the Chiefs under over. I think eleven's about right, eleven to twelve. But if you said to me, you've got to pick over or under. Like, are they more likely to get to twelve? Or to, I would take the over with them. They're Mahomes. Like, they'll probably just find a way to win 12, 13 games. Um, I'll give you a few unders real quick. The Bears, I'm with you on seven. On I would take the under on seven. The Pats at eight and a half. I think I'm going under. That conference is brutal. Like, the Dolphins are better. The Jets are not good, but they're better. The Bills are ridiculous. Like, I I would still – I would take the under on the path to face the second-place schedule. Um, And then, you know, (sighs) the Raiders – not the numbers at eight, I think that's probably about right. I know Raider fans would hate that, but I I think it is. So I wouldn't touch that one. I'll give you one more, and this is a low number to begin with, and I know the division's terrible. Atlanta at five and a half. Give me the under. Atlanta sucks, man. That that team. I mean, I defy anybody, including people like myself to cover who cover the league. Name ten guys on that roster. That roster is brutal. I I don't know that I could do it. Like they are hideous. That team is absolutely hideous. I I mean, even if they split with Carolina. And this, I, I I don't know that they're winning games outside their division. That they, they they are horrid. And if Mariota gets hurt like he always does, who's your quarterback? Josh Rosen, Felipe Franks. <laughs> oh my God, man! Like you're, you're like that's that's got three and fourteen written all over it. Felipe Franks, by the way, wouldn't that be a great name for a hot dog stand? It it really, I mean, honestly, it's it's just begging to be a hot dog stand. Lawrence Avenue, Chicago. Anybody on the uh it feels like it Felipe Franks. It's 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 like Lawrence and uh and uh let's go with uh, Pulaski. All right. And yeah, you're you're I know I know you're a super dog guy, so that would be the out out of the way for you. 
Vern, have you been to Superdog? Heisler and I back in the day did radio. I had been in and uh, I don't way think back. So. Yeah, well, that's a bad job by you. We'll have to rectify that situation. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, uh, all right. Before we get into some uh, the final topics here, uh, Ben Heisler, make us some money today. Tell us one thing to bet on. It doesn't even have to be from the NFL. Give me, give me, give me do you have a? Uh, I'll take an NCAA tournament play this week, and I'll take anything. Give me something to make some dough. I can give you an NCAA tournament play. They're not obviously playing today, but I well, within the, within the next couple of you know seven right, days. We, I want to make some. We got, we got we got a week in between. I I like Villanova getting points against Kansas in the uh, in the NCAA tournament. In the early game, the Jayhawks are four and a half point favorites. Nova right now plus one sixty five on the money line over at WinBet. Totals pretty low. At 133, so I was also debating the over here as well. I, Kansas, I think everybody has that memory very fresh from the the Final Four or from the Elite Eight where they just beat the hell out of Miami. That, that was one of the worst second-half performances I've ever seen from a team in the Elite Eight. Like, so I know St. Peter's got their ass kicked too, but that was kind of expected as a 15 seed against North Carolina. I did not expect that from Miami. They turned the ball over 14 times. They're the seventh best team in turnover differential in college basketball. Um, Villanova losing one of their top guys is is not ideal, especially down low, but that's not really Kansas' strength. David McCormick's not a particularly good player. Um, they're also the number one free throw shooting team by a mile, just under 84%. And Kansas shot 50% from the free throw line in that win, like a lot of different things went against Kansas and they still found a way to win by like 26 points. I, I don't think they're going to be as lucky against Villanova if the Wildcats control pace. And that's also a team that has beat the hell out of Kansas over their last several games. So I like Villanova plus the points, even with the injury to more. Look, look at my guy Heiss on the fly like that, Verderam. I mean, seriously, guy just rips off numbers like it's like, I mean, it's top. I mean, it's, 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 it's a lot it's, of, <laughs> lot of college basketball focused from, from the bet sided team over the last month, car. But it wasn't, wasn't just, no, 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 no. you're right not allowed to hear. You're not allowed I, I to gotta, walk I it back. No. Like I see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're the, the, the researched and, and ready on, on any topic. Benny, appreciate you, brother. I, All I, right, I, Jets. We'll see Thanks a lot. Ben Heisler, managing editor, bed sided. All right, Verum, quickly, let's, let's, Let's run through what we haven't hit. And by the How, way, the overtime yeah. rule uh, I was reading. Yeah. There's no, you got to go for two. You can strategically, but right. you just okay. keep going. Okay. I, I, I actually kind of like that. So uh, if you it, win the toss, you would, you would kick. Cause then, you know, you know what you need. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, you're right. You, the other fascinating would. part of this now is like, if you're at the 50 and it's fourth and six, and you have the you're the you have the ball you're the first team to have the football. Yeah, you're going for it. What do you do? You're going. <laughs> you don't, I if mean, you don't like, get it, 15 yards and a field goal, you lose. But like if you pick it, you know, I mean, it's just a lot of gambling now and that. Well, I mean, that calculus is going to depend on who is your quarterback and what are your strengths. But in, in general, in, the weather. Oh, I get it. But I mean, right. I'm just saying, like, it's just very interesting. It adds a whole another layer of it. Yeah, I mean, teams are going to go. You're, let's just put another one. Like you're you're at the forty-two, and it's fourth and and nine. I think you're going again. You got you yeah. got a Rodgers and Mahomes and Allen. Yeah, you probably are. 
Yeah. All right. How many quarterbacks go in the first round, Verderam? What do you got? I'll say three. I'll say three. I think Willis and Pickett for sure. Willis, I think he's easily the best player of this class in terms of quarterbacks. And then I think you'll get another one. You might even get four. You might even get four. Corral or Ritter, I think one of them goes. And, you know, you've heard like Sam Howell. I don't think Sam Howell is going in the first round. I, so I'll take three. I'll take one of Ritter and Corral, and I'll take I'll take Pickett and Willis for sure. And I'm going to go to five, Verderam. I'm going to go oh, bold. Okay. Yeah, you uh, might be right. No, no position gets overdrafted like that one. Right. I mean, I don't know. Seattle, Houston, Tennessee. It's like an endless list here. Detroit, Pittsburgh, Atlanta. I mean, there's so many teams that need them. Um, and you're right on Willis, highest ceiling, but then, you know, Pickett's got the highest floor and he's ready to play. Corral's looking healthy, ankle injury behind him. Desmond Ritter, I like him because I talked to him, so I'm, I'm biased. Howell, I guess, is, uh, you know, that's my late round, first round draft pick. Somebody takes a spin. Let's go, five teams. Okay. I mean, it's, I just, there's you might a lot. Be right. God knows when be the first time a bunch of quarterbacks went to probably should have been like pick 50. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, which team in the NFC has the best hopes of reaching the Super Bowl? Tampa. Tampa. And I don't even know that it's particularly close. And that's really? Not, I know that Tampa doesn't have the best roster, arguably, although you could argue they do. I mean, I don't. the East stinks. Nobody's selling at any team out of the East, including Dallas. Let's just go ahead. Okay. By the way, the Cowboys, uh, speaking to our earlier conversation, the Cowboys were the only team, because I was looking up, like you're saying, the, the 6-0 and in the division for Tampa. The Cowboys were the only team in the football last year that were, were undefeated in their division right. games. It's kind of interesting. But go ahead. Yep. Yeah, they, I, I'm out on them. They couldn't even win a playoff game at home. I, the Rams are the Super Bowl champs, but they have a very hard division. And the Packers, I mean, look, they choke like dogs in the playoffs every year. Every year. I mean, I, you know, and they now they don't have Adams. They don't have Valdez Scantling. Who listen? I'm not making now like Valdez Scantling's an all pro, but like he was their big deep threat. He's now gone. Um, who who the hell is going to do anything offensively with now? I think Rodgers will figure it out. But I mean, geez, man, that is a bottom of the barrel receiving core. Are there is there a worse receiving core in the NFL right now than what the Packers are trotting out there? Not right. In, in, in they the have the draft, of course, and can make a trade. But I'm just saying right this second. That, that's fair, but I, I do. That's that's not going to stay like that. They'll, they'll, they'll so, I, I don't know what they're going to do, but they'll do something. I think Tampa's got the number one seed because Brady's Brady and he's going to throw for 4,800 yards and 40 touchdowns. They're going to kill everybody in that division and be six and oh. Like, I, I mean, if you're Tampa, that team's winning 13, 14 games. And my big concern with them is they're all just ancient, they're just old. But I mean, you look at that that situation in Tampa. Like, who's who's got a better shot than them in the NFC to get there? I don't know. Now there are a lot of teams in the AFC I think are better than Tampa. But as far as in the NFC, yeah, I take Tampa. So tough division, but uh, got a little bit easier with with Russ departing. Back to back, back maybe. Let's go Rams. I'll ride with you. You you brought him a guy, Allen Robinson. So I I think is going to have an absolutely phenomenal season as a number two receiver. Uh, and he's got to be every time his head hits pillow, I'd oh my god, Matthew Stafford is throwing me the football, and it's not Mitchell Trubisky, Blaine Gabbert, or whatever. I mean, I'm, so I For listen, sure. and, and Odell maybe he ends up back there. 
Uh, although there's some rumors with him in Cleveland, which is interesting. I, I'll take the Rams. Let, let, let's, it's, let's I go. mean, they, they'd be my they'd be my one B for sure. I yeah. the problem I have with the Rams is the division's hard, and they lost a lot of guys this offseason. I mean, they even without Beckham, they lost they lost Corbett up front. They lost Whitworth to retirement. Like their lines unsettled. They don't have picks. Sebastian Day is a really Sebastian Austin Day rather is a really good player. He's now gone. Uh, they they lost Darius Williams or corner. They lost a lot of guys. It, it, that's all true. But Donald wants to come on but, back. They, and hey, but they're really uh, talented. They're really talented. Hey, you'd be. It's a fair. It's a fair argument. No question. So that, I mean, listen. I I I think that's the easy. It, when you go in bucks, I'm like, who, who am I? Who am I going to take to not be right. with Ram? Right. Uh, I, I listen. People. I, it's almost like people are sleeping on on the defending Super Bowl champs. Uh, Tyron Matthew and Stephon Gilmore. Where do they end up? Uh, want me to give you mine, or you want to go ahead? Oh, go ahead. So I just think it'd be fun if 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 Matthew ends up in Denver. Uh, Thirteen straight losses to Kansas City. Let's bring in a guy who actually knows the Chiefs and can give us some inside information. The Broncos have the room to do it. It would probably eat up the rest of their salary cap, but they could. So I'll throw there. Gilmore, you know, you you mentioned KC. I mean, New England's bringing everybody back here. They brought back Malcolm Butler. Why not bring Gilmore back to bring him back to the Pats? I don't know. Those, those I, are my t- Yeah. So I think the Raiders are going to end up with one of them. And I will say that they end up with Tyron Matthew. Um, the Raiders need so much help defensively, man. Like, they need so much help defensively. And Matthew, I'll say this for him. Say whatever you want. He's still a very good player. And that guy is a winner and he's a leader. And that team needs a leader in the worst way. Not saying Max Crosby and Chandler Jones aren't guys like that. But, I mean, Matthew's a whole nother level. Like, that in terms of leadership, he is the the alpha, alpha, alpha. And guys follow him. Um, I think it would be a great move for the Raiders. Do I think it all of a sudden makes them a Super Bowl team? No, but it might make them a playoff team. Uh, with Gilmore, if the Chiefs trade for Bradbury, then I would assume they are not in on Gilmore. Otherwise, I think the Chiefs would be hard on Gilmore to, to go after him. I, I think they know they need a vet corner. And I think if, if – if, and I know for a fact that they're in on Gilmore. So um, I would say that if they don't get Bradbury, then I think Gilmore would be the, the fallback position. So I think the AFC West for both of them. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's wrap with Kyler Murray. Is this his last season with the Arizona Cardinals? He was talking uh, finally about why he did what he did on his Instagram. I speak millennial vertigram at uh, my elder age over here. And he's like, yeah, it didn't really mean much. Uh, you know, that's just, you know, that's what we do. And he, no, 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 no. It actually means a lot. And yeah, and your, your agent is out there putting out tweets, Eric Burkhardt, wait, you're telling me teams with already paid quarterbacks can also pay for high-paid wide receivers and two highly paid defensive end. Like, he, he's talking – like, your agent's talking shit. You're trying to walk it back. doesn't feel like he's uh, long for the Cardinals, right? Or, the, or their anger is real. Let's put it that way. I'll, I'll tell you right now. They And I wrote this in the Stack in the Box of Column on Monday as the parting shot. They better be good this year. Because if they're not, he's probably he is. I shouldn't say probably. He, there's a there's a real chance he's out the door. Just think about it this way: they just extended their GM and their head coach. They're not going anywhere. If that team goes eight and nine this season, and he has another year where he's either injured or he falls off the end of the season, somebody's going to have to have a scapegoat. It ain't going to be the coach. It ain't going to be the GM. 
And that team is going to start leaking info like nobody's business because you look at what happened during this offseason. I mean, they were leaking crap about Murray as a person and everything. I mean, and you know it's coming from them. It's not coming from his agent, okay? It's coming from them. And Mortensen's tweeting out the stuff about how, you know, basically he's immature. And, he, and, and then there are other reports he quit on the team in the playoffs. And like, that's coming from the team. That is coming from the Arizona Cardinals. So, you know there's acrimony there. I know from talking to people around the league that there is real acrimony there. So, now you get into this thing about, like, okay, well, if they go 8-9 or even 9-8, they don't make the playoffs. And they and or he struggles at the end of the year. He gets hurt. He's going to go nuts if he doesn't get an extension. I mean, he's already pissed he didn't get one this year, and he's got two years left essentially with the option getting picked up on his deal. Like, if he's really that peeve next year, yeah, I could see the Cardinals being like, you know what, man, we're good. We're good. Because we're not firing Kime, and we're not firing Kingsbury. So you're the easiest guy to fire. And we'll get a bullet of picks for you, and Kime and Kingsbury are going to be all right with it because they're going to say, well, we got security. You know what's interesting? If you're Miami and oh God in a heartbeat. In a right, heartbeat. but but like what why wouldn't I mean I wonder if they did, but why wouldn't you call them up? If you're willing to give up five picks for Tyreek Hill, wouldn't you call up Arizona? Hey, by the way, is there anything going on here with, with you and Kyler? Like, would you be willing to deal him now? Because I, I'll give you a, a first and a second this year for him, along with three more picks. I mean, I would have right. rather made that trade than, than trade for Tyreek, right? I wonder I wonder if they were thinking that way at all. Yeah, but they also still have. Um, we'll give you Tua. Is that right. what you're going to say? Well, t- no, I mean, they still have they still have two first next year. So they could do it next year. I mean, they, hell, they could they, even trade both of them this year if they want to. Right. By the way, I should mention one thing real quick on the overtime rules. So the overtime rules are changing in the playoffs, as we talked about. Uh, I said earlier that, yeah, it would be a huge advantage if you win the toss to kick off. After the te- each team possesses the ball once, then the, the, the team, like let's just say whatever, team A gets the ball, scores touchdown, team B scores touchdown, team A gets the ball back. Now At that point, enough. if they score, they win. Okay. So you'd still rather take the ball if you're if you're winning the kickoff. Most likely, yes. Right, because then then obviously you have the you have the you know, two right. for one, so to speak. Um, I'll tell you what, though. The flip side of that is, if your team B, like if that game's like that Bills Chiefs game, you're going for two. You're ending that game right there. Yeah, you probably are, and that's oh, super are. exciting. 100% you are. Yeah. Like if you do, you think, okay, so the Chiefs got that ball in that game, went down, scored a touchdown. The Bills are going down, and they probably also scored a touchdown. You're giving the ball back to the Chiefs, don't they just need a field goal? No way. No Not- way. Which no, you're is not. probably to extrapolate this further, and we'll just move on because who cares. But I bet you if those rules were in place for that Chiefs-Bills game, I bet you the Chiefs, with the ball first, would have gone for two. To say the worst you can do is tie us, and we're getting the ball back. So you – I don't team, think anybody would have kicked. I really don't. You NFL teams, what – you know, and there's uh, – you know, they're, we're getting – the Rooney rule is expanding where you have to have – uh, and this is a good thing. Uh, you have to have an offensive assistant coach right, of color and or, and or or and or a woman right. um, going forward. You, this wouldn't be the position for that. But there's also another position that should be added to a coaching staff, which is the 
managing the clock slash when to go for two, understand analytical numbers, coach, whatever you want to name that person. Because most of these guys are not qualified to do this. You need someone who understands probability and can at least inform the coach in real time that this is what it says to do. Now, I'll remind you, you have Patrick Mahomes. Make your decision. You know, yeah. or, or I'll remind you, you have Ryan well, Fitzpatrick. Anyway, it's interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. So, all right, uh, Verem, you're leaving us. I'm gonna. It's gonna be a sad uh, couple of weeks here, but congratulations. Uh, we you. can't. We can't wait to see you come back. Uh, anything else you want to tell the peeps on the way out? That's it, man. I got. I got work the rest of today, the next two days, and Friday. I'm. I'm taking off to just get everything in order, get ready, and then Saturday morning at 5:30 a.m. I got to be at the hospital with my with my wife, and at 7:30 a.m. the uh, the old C-section is uh, going to be happening, and that point, daughter number two will, uh, God willing, be here and be healthy. And uh, I'll be in the hospital for a few days if Steph recovers and everything's, you know, checked out and made sure everything's good. And then and then home, uh, I'll be off for a few weeks. I'll be off for a few weeks, but I will be back April 18th. And uh, we'll be doing the draft and the whole deal. And Lucas, believe me, I'm sure there will be a cameo with the baby. I know some people are all skittish about showing their kids on social media. I pretty much live on in media platforms, so I'm not I'm not too worried about it. Plus, I figure if anybody's coming to our house, they're coming from me, um, which which is fine. Okay, come, I'm ready. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to. I'll tell you, I did the whole nursery. It's done. Um, we didn't do that for Maisie, which I always regretted, mostly because we lived in a townhouse at the time. We really didn't have the space. I mean, it was like a it was that room was essentially a crib and there was like a guest bed in there. And it was just, you know, we did the best we could, but like there wasn't really an ability to make a real true nursery. Um, now that we have the space, you know, did that, went out, got all creative, got bought letters, painted them up, thought, you know, paint a couple of coats, uh, you know, hung them up, made sure they were all centered perfectly on the wall. And let me tell you something, Genevieve, nine letters. That's a lot of letters. So she's got. Uh, by the way, God named bless, after God. what? Named after? No, nobody. Just like the name. Okay, okay. Genevieve Verderam. God bless you, kid. I hope you like V's. Um, but uh, yeah. So it's gonna be. So it's, it's a long, and then and then I didn't want I didn't want Maisie to feel left out. So we we did her whole room, um, and uh, painted her name, which is a little bit easier. Although Maisie, of course, because she's four and a half and can speak. I paint the Genevieve's letters are all purple, right? It's purple and green is kind of the theme of the room. And um, Maisie, I was like, what color do you want your name to be painted? I want rainbow colors. I want different colors for every letter. So I did. Yep. And 40 damn dollars worth of paint later, okay, <laughs> the queen has, has her uh, has her name over her bed, so she's happy. But Small uh, small investment for her. For, oh, for of, of course. And, uh, you yeah, know, she's... She's very into the solar system these days. Like she's learning about oh. that daycare right now. So I took her to Home Goods because you know some stuff on the wall, whatever. I said, look, I gave her a certain amount. Of, I mean, my head a budget. I'm like, pick, you know, listen, pick like three or four things, whatever the hell you want. And she's gonna want the solar system. And I'm thinking, like, I'm gonna find the solar system at Home Goods. It turns out there's like four different freaking canvas paintings of the solar system. And she had it in her brain. She's like, 
I know Pluto's not a planet anymore, but it, <laughs> it, it makes me angry that Pluto's not a planet. She wants to write a letter to say that Pluto should be a planet for reasons that she's very intense about this. I, 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 I support that. Why, why, who the hell did, who the hell said you can't call made you God that she, Pluto can't be a planet. Why not? I, you know, the funny thing was as a kid, it also annoyed me for a reason that I'll never understand. So we're on the same page, but she was adamant. She's like, we have to find one of the solar system things here that has Pluto on it. And I'm like, honey, there's not going to be one. Like, it's not. Sure enough. Oh, there are. We there. found one. We found one with Pluto and the sun and the asteroid belt and all the rest of it. And so she very happy. We centered that bad boy right in the middle of her room. That's what she wanted. That's what she got. It's right over a lamp. By the way, quick pivot, but last thing has got to be mentioned. And by the way, thank you, everybody, for the nice words. Um, Carm's thoughts on the slap heard around the world oh. at the Oscars the other day. Fair, foul, wrong, hilarious thoughts. So I'm glad you brought it up. And, Gonzo, I saw you uh, mention I was going to bring it up if Verderam didn't. Uh, well, a couple things. Uh, Chris Rock went a little too far. Uh, it's it's it. This is not. Uh, I, I have tickets, by the way, to see him at the Chicago Theater in in October. Like that joke there plays all day at the Academy Awards. A little too aggressive. Um, making fun of someone's appearance that that we we can do better on 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 national TV. However, you do not get to leave your seat, walk on stage, slap someone, walk back, sit down yell at them, and then just get to chill and get your award 45 minutes later. Apparently you do. Apparently you do. Apparently you do. How many many people on earth would not have been walked out if they did that? Oh, almost everybody. Like literally. in jail, most people, if you did that. Yeah, and and trying to – and then preach about peace in your speech and like, you know, don't let – you know, like – 45 minutes later, apology and apology to the Academy. You didn't apologize to Chris, who you slapped. Another thing, too. Chris Rock, incredible jaw. Incredible performance. If that's me, I'm A, injured, and B, rattled. Like, you're in front of how how many people are watching that show? And he just keeps moving along? Dude, that is, uh, that's a big-time performer right there. And that is, it makes a joke about it. Oh. Will Smith just slapped the shit out of me. Like, like that's amazing, truly. Um, and then he, and then he's got to handle him screaming at him too. I, I, I know, dude. It's a GI Jane joke. I mean, he listen. Uh, when, when there's, uh, there's obviously something personal going on there, and he's made jokes about him in the past. But like, this is, like, uh, I mean, Will Smith. Before you walked in there, Chris Rock's up there. He might take a shot at me. Uh, I, you know, this is my night. I, you got to prepare yourself to be able to handle it. I don't know, man. I just, I, I can't, it, it, it speaks to, uh, how much people apparently love Will Smith that he was allowed to do what he did and just get away with it in essence in the moment. So I know some people take issue with this. I am of two minds on this one. On one hand, I don't know if Chris Rock knew of Jada's medical condition. Or not. I have no idea. Okay. Oh, he knew. If he did, if he did, then I think it goes too far. Okay? I think the joke goes too far. And if if you watch that tape, Will Smith laughs at the joke. Oh, yeah. 
And then he looks at Jada, who is obviously a combination of embarrassed and pissed. And Will Smith was like, oh, well, I got to go up there now and do something. (laughs) Now, he he could have, of course, talked to him after the show. There's a lot of ways to go about it. Didn't have to go up there and smack him. But my feeling on this is, like, look, you get on Twitter the following day, which is the first mistake you make in society, okay? You get on Twitter the following day, and people are like, it's a referendum on violence in America and how we should all act. Yeah. You know what, man? Look, (laughs) it's one grown man slapping another grown man. Nobody died. Nobody got seriously hurt. Nobody's going to prison. Like, I saw somebody breathlessly after the Oscars tweeting out, like, Source says that Chris Rock is not filing charges. Like, I, if, if Chris Rock filed charges, it, it, it'd, be, it'd be more embarrassing than getting slapped. Okay? Like, look, Will Smith, I don't think anyone's arguing that Will Smith should have gone up there. And if you are, I, I would disagree with you. But the idea that, like, Will Smith could have gone up there and boxed him around if he wanted to. He didn't do that. Like, slapped him, walked away. Still went overboard. But for me, like, these people that are like, I can't be, I can't watch another Will Smith movie. I'm so offended. First of all, he didn't slap you. Okay, number one. Second of all, it's not like he slapped somebody who couldn't defend themselves. Like, it's it's two grown men who afterwards everything's fine. Okay, like it it can just be a funny, ridiculous, outrageous moment. It doesn't have to be like, oh God. This is what society is now. And let me write my think piece for the New Yorker that's 7,000 words on what Will slaps, Will Smith slaps represents as a whole on America. Like, it can't just be two guys in Hollywood had a beef and he slapped the guy. That's really what it can be. Right. Uh, I, I do, and I don't want to go down too dark of a road here, but uh, I, I, I do get concerned with what is going on in society so uh, this this was not this is this is not what we needed. That's all I'm saying. And I and by the way, I'm seeing a lot of I'm seeing a lot of African American men who are pissed about it because uh, like that's just a you that's not how they want to be represented when you're winning the Academy that's Awards. Fair. Stephen that's, A. That's totally fair. And look, yeah. I, I I will hear that all day long. And I have no problem with that. It's a fair point. My issue is with these people who are these like social justice warriors for life who are mad about everything in the world anyway on Twitter all day long and are like, oh my God, look what it represents. And then literally you get a 5,000 word think piece about how this, it's like, look, 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 come on, come on. Sometimes things aren't bigger than what they are in, in, the, in the macro sense of Will Smith thought the joke was funny, then saw that his wife was not having it. Fair enough. I don't blame her. And then Will Smith said, all right, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to defend her honor in a very, very public way. Which, look, I don't think he should have went up there and slapped him. I'm, I'm, I'm team no, no violence, okay? However, these people who are like, this is the end of the world. Like, we have to shun him. Like, oh, come on now. Now stop it. Stop it. It's not like he went up there and, and punched him like six times in the face he was unconscious. Like, I mean, let's let's just... Well, he's, he's he's lucky he's lucky that Chris Rock could take a punch because a lot of people would have been down. A lot of people would have been down. Chris Rock. That was my second takeaway. Strong yeah. jaw. Yeah, I mean, because like, you not expect that and get hit like that, and just move right along. Okay. Uh, I, if yeah. SNL doesn't have Chris Rock on as a host in the next few weeks, it's a complete failure. 
yeah. And, and and shout out, by the way, to all the dudes out there who, and I don't know what's going on with Will and Jada and whatnot, but to your point that like he laughed and then saw her, uh, some dudes out there, you know, like they're, they're, they'll hear a lot. You're not a man. You're, you, you're not protecting like, like I, I, that, that just, that, that part of it makes me uncomfortable. Like, like he, did he do that because he had to prove something to his wife? If he did, that ain't, that's 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 uh, then they then they got some stuff to work on over there. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I'll stay I'll stay out of this as best as I can, even though I just stepped in it. Uh, it was entertaining. I'll say that it 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 I couldn't I I wasn't watching live. Wake up in the I morning. I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. Uh, they, and, I got, and by the way, the Oscars come out afterwards. And I'm like, well, you know, we're gonna have to really investigate all this. They're so full, excuse the language. They're so full of shit. They're so happy that <laughs> happened. That's the greatest in terms of the Oscars, just the Oscars. That is the best thing going to happen to the Oscars because guess what? Nobody cares otherwise, right? Unless you're a big film snob, which fine. If you are, God bless. Got a lot of friends who are. But I'm not. I could care less. I didn't even know the Oscars were happening. Here we are talking about the Oscars three days later, two days later, right? The Oscars, they're thrilled that happened. Yeah. So, they oh, should oh, be, maybe. Come on now. Uh, I don't know. I don't think should be either. Oscars. Did the you, Oscars are like that gave us. You know what the ratings are going to be like next year now for the Oscars? No, they, listen. They if you if you fall under now. the umbrella that any publicity is good publicity, the Oscars should be thrilled. Did you see King Richard? By the way, have you seen the movie? No. It's a great movie. I've not um, so I I do I do recommend it for particularly for my tennis fans out there, which I'm sure there are some who are crossover football slash tennis fans i did not i didn't there was a lot of stuff in that thing that I, that i should have known that i did not know it was it was a, it was really well done it looked good uh, i just never got around saying it yeah it's it, it was it's it's a it's a good run through uh, all right Vernon, we're saying goodbye good luck with everything thank uh, you smooth sailing brother and uh we'll we'll see you when you get back we will be back here next tuesday hit that subscribe button uh and 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 turn those notifications on so you can be like my guy gonzo uh, who always knows when the show is, is rolling. Uh, thanks to everybody who uh, weighed in today. We appreciate it. A lot of kind words for you, Verderam. They love you, buddy. So uh, we'll be we'll be we'll be thinking about you over the weekend. Thanks for thanks. watching Stack in the Box. Appreciate everyone's help. We'll see you next week.